0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
1: like nervous about not getting a team because no one's like offered to do it. But I always wonder if it's helpful or not because I feel like it's like one side of the story or the other. What do you mean? Like having like management agents like it's funny someone told me I should get an accountant before I get a manager which I'm like oh shit why like <laughs> there's so much shit you need to learn in the business side of it
0: there is there's a lot of stuff I mean there's really no rush you can do a lot of it on your own but I think you'll know when it's right that you find someone that you are excited to work with yeah and they're just as excited to work with you but a lot of times Um, You go through a few it's like you know trial and error like dating you date you know you you're with someone for a while and then you're like oh actually this isn't really my forte anymore I'm gonna go scope out what they are offering over here or vice versa but I don't feel like they're like make or break situations Mm -hmm. representation I mean it depends on like who you have though yeah so but it helps yeah oh definitely, definitely for you helps. like
1: you have the right people it's
0: yeah i i feel like i'm kind of like slacking though on the mm. um like i hate doing commercial auditions and i get a lot of them and i think probably my agents like can you probably do better like i kinda, have you been in commercials no i've uh i mean i have a few but they're usually I got them through other things, not like the traditional mm-hmm. eco cast, you know, Yeah, which is like a Zoom audition, essentially, or like self tape.
1: It's funny. My mm-hmm. friend was like asking me about doing the lottery. And I was like, nah. And I was like, do you? And he's like, nah, like someone like me will never win the lottery. And I think about that with my career too, where it's like, I think I'm going to have to do it my own way. Like, I don't think any normal, like, I don't think the universe is going to give me a normal path.
0: Mm, I like that. Yeah. I don't know. Does the universe give you any path? Like, I sort of think you have to push forward always in whatever that is. And then things will like reveal itself to you because yeah. I also heard this one time and it was really smart. Someone told me this years and years ago that once someone goes through, like picture like clay, once they go through, that's their path, like their little tunnel that they like um, chip away at, it's consider it closed and you need to find your own. So like Mm -hmm. as much as you want to imitate someone else's trajectory or journey, it's never going to be the same for you. So like, yeah, to basically echo your point, like make your own unique path yeah because no
1: one's comfortable like you probably realize this like the more successful people you meet the more people you realize aren't comfortable and that's what success is
0: yeah comfortable as in like um emotionally comfortable or i just like mean
1: comfortable in what they're doing like
0: oh. you have
1: to always want more like you have yeah. to always. no like, it's so
0: true that's like a fucked up um way to think but that is what keeps people great sadly yeah. is that always striving cross off the list what's next always looking for that next big exciting thing but that can be like a slippery slope mentally
1: oh it's horrible because yeah. like every time <laughs> I get an accolade yeah I'm always like what's next
0: to- yeah you and me both and I do think that keeps us hustling for what we want to achieve but I also heard The energy you have now, you automatically bring to that next chapter of your life, whether you're waiting for that big promotion or Mm -hmm. big TV credit or, you know, your dreams to, to fully realize if you're in this like anxious kind of waiting period and you go, once I get that thing, I'll feel better or I'll be in a better place. That's not actually the case. It's a misconception. You're going to bring that same nervous, anxious energy, the less than, the feeling scarcity to that place of dreams fully realized. So you have to fix it and feel it now and act as if you already have it vibrate at that frequency and then you attract it quicker. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure you know that though. Like we know that, but it's harder, easier said than done.
1: Yeah. And it's also, you feel like you get to one thing and then that's what you wanted and then you have to like re realize your dreams.
0: Yeah. And then don't you ever, I mean.
1: So, okay. Yeah. Was Nick's your biggest, like, was that the thing you want? Like, what was your, like, a proudest moment? What was your biggest accomplishment so far?
0: To date? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll probably just say this because I'm looking at the, I haven't got it framed yet, but I'm looking at that poster behind you, which is when I got to open for um, Jeff Ross, like, two months, two months ago, like, basically right before Thanksgiving. And, that was just such a huge moment for me because I've always looked up to Jeff Ross and to be able to, um, have him, he headlined, you know, five shows, like three dates in Charlotte and just seeing someone, they're basically all sold out and seeing someone crush so hard with such a low energy. I learned a lot from that weekend and he's so kind. And so that was I wouldn't say that's the biggest accomplishment but that's like one of my career highlights but I think maybe my biggest accomplishment was when I got booked at Off Cabot um, in October just a few months ago I guess and um, I only had a few weeks to kind of promote it but I thought oh I want to try to sell this space out and that's after I had done the Wilbur with Brian Glowacki and kind of had a lot of family and friends coming out for that show because he was headlining and I was featuring for him, which was really fun, along with Alex G. and Papa. And I had like 200 family and friends come out at the Wilbur. So I guess this year was big for me because the Wilbur was huge. I always want to be on that stage at the Wilbur in Boston, like dreams come true for sure. Jeff Ross, dreams come true. But then I used those to build the momentum to go, okay, I'll do off Cabot, even though I was sort of worried about like tapping back into all my family and friends and fans and saying, Hey, come on out again a few months later to watch me headline. There'll be some overlap in material. I know you just came out, but like come out again and, um, challenge myself to get new fans. So got to, big mix of new fans just from like we talked about earlier just you know put in the work in in terms of promoting and marketing and stuff and so i and ended up selling out and doing 70 minutes on stage which i had never done before that's
1: crazy and it
0: felt like nothing that's That's the crazy crazy thing too it felt like nothing it felt like five minutes like when when i got the light at 45 minutes i wasn't even at my new material yet like i was it was sort of a compilation of everything I was proud of and have worked on in my entire career and so it makes sense that I was able to do that much time but the level of um, positive reception like blew my mind like it was way more than I had thought was gonna be it just like really humbled me and impressed me in a way that I was like hot damn kind of like in that moment Sam I was sort of like I could do like you know, when you're up there and you're just so in your flow and your element, and I'm like, oh, I am built for this. All the bullshit of getting booked, getting butts in seats, traveling, getting by, scraping by, you know, all the negative self-talk, all the bullshit that comes along with this career. If you put that all aside and you're just like on stage in your element with like a really hot, warm audience, fans, you're just like nothing else matters like I just saw I was like oh I could do the Netflix special I could do this like everything was so clear for me in that moment on stage when I was like at like minute 55 60 just they had to like pull me off stage like I was like oh I guess I need to go it's been 70 minutes so that was my biggest accomplishment and I'm sorry if I went on and on but I think you know we rarely pat ourselves on the back and it's nice to do it every once in a yeah. while especially like this time you're reflecting on the year past it's so easy to go I've been doing this for X amount of years and and why am I not there, there, there? Like it's so easy to compare. That's the cheap way.
1: Let's as I was letting. I was letting you finish. I,
0: guess, I was I know, letting I hate, you
1: finish. I was I letting you go. I, I was letting you go on your
0: your I happy. I feel awkward. I immediately your happy rant. I know, but I immediately feel you know. I know, I now I'm also neurotic and anxious. I'm like, did I say too much? Was I gloating too much? I'm just such a fucking comic. I'm just so in my head that I I feel good sharing that with you. And since yeah. you asked, but now I'm immediately like, oh fuck, did I say too much? Because I don't want to seem too weird about it but um i guess i have to own those moments because if i don't why the fuck am i doing this
1: no for real and it's so funny like people who get mad at it why can't they just get inspired by it
0: well because there's so much jealousy i don't even know if people like consciously get mad i don't think anyone wants to get mad i think Mm -hmm. that they look jealousy is so real and it's so competitive and cluttered in this industry i think People can't get themselves to that higher level of thinking of inspiration or like um, camaraderie or anything. It's more like, damn, I could have done that, or why wasn't I picked for this? As if like there's just one slot at X place. There's just the limiters are off. Or there's so ob- many like yeah, yeah, ob- slices, yeah.
1: slices of the pie, which isn't.
0: It's not the it. case. I know. Like,
1: I just- <sighs> <yeah. laughs> but but that's the uncomfortability. So that's, that's back the to, like.
0: Yeah, wow. You are good at this. You really are. <laughs> I see why this podcast is no, trending and popular. True.
1: But it's true. It's about the like uncomfortability of if you were just comfortable with something, then like you wouldn't care about pushing it forward.
0: Mm. And you don't grow in this stage of comfort. Yeah. You have to have discomfort. Like
1: I'm so nervous about doing whatever, like 40 minutes.
0: You're going to crush. I mean, so much of it is as you know, just like your mentality going into it. Yeah. So you're just going to have a great time. and He's going to fly by. Just set yourself up really nice where you are starting with the stuff you're excited about. And I was ending with the stuff you're excited about. And then think yeah. the rest is pie.
1: I was talking earlier about like the story. Like I enjoy the story. Like I enjoy yeah. the like looking back and being like, that happened because that happened because that happened which allowed that to happen which brought me here and that's like what brings me joy so when i'm listening to you talk about like your year it's funny you're like i did that right before thanksgiving and then you talk about like getting can i just like getting laid off around thanksgiving and how like sometimes the universe pushes you to like give that step like you don't even get the choice
0: yeah, I mean, I just got a kind of an emotional rush in me just from you saying that. I was feeling it for sure. It's definitely...
1: But, like, if it happens around the same time, your proudest moment and, like, something that pulls the rug out from under you, it's like, can the universe see? Can you, like, are yeah. you going to fly? Are you going to handle it? Or are you going to cr- crash, you uh-huh. know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I Yeah, it's like the mama bird kicking me out of the nest. Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's see, you've been trained for this moment. Yeah, and I... I um, it's funny because I used to joke around a lot when there were layoffs every year at my company because working in TV and just you know a lot of cord cutters, it's hard to stay. Um, it's hard to stay profitable in TV with like competitors like Netflix, Hulu, et etc. Like we're in, this, we're in for years. I was sort of seeing coworkers, friends be let go, and I was almost like felt like Katniss in Hunger Games, like I volunteer as tribute, like lay me off because I wanted to collect that severance and I wanted to have that time off. But then when it happens to you. Even if you've been preparing for it, are you new with like the writings on the wall? Um, you're never like fully ready to feel like, oh, it's like we're, we don't need you anymore. Like you're not like yeah. you just feel even though you had this other thing that you care way more about and you've been working on and nurturing for years. Like, aka my stand up career, I still hated hearing or feeling like, oh no, like I'm. Replaceable here. Like, I'm not. No, get,
1: it's like getting broken up within yes! a relationship you're not happy in anyway. Totally. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, it's <sighs> some party who just wants them to like. To
0: just love me and yeah, just have yeah, that
1: little safety bit. net. But the safety yeah. net was holding
0: me back. Because if I looked at people I started out with, some still some aren't in it, some are soaring, and some are like, or, you know, it just doesn't really matter. But I mean, there are people that didn't have a safety net that I think really acted with more intensity or urgency so but i wouldn't regret the way i did things because like you said I, I love my story and things happen for a reason but it's funny you mentioned the breakup because i did say that right away i'm like you know i would never have had the balls or vulva i should say to me because it was too good it was too comfortable mm-hmm and it was too reliable in terms of like the stable paycheck, but now it's like okay, let's reevaluate some things. Let's like really start to like jack up the monetization and like the strategy. Although I really was already doing that this whole last year, I was acting as if I was uh, only doing stand up, even though I was doing both. Like people were shocked. My friends, family were like, "You wait, you still you have a job?" And even coworkers I hadn't seen in a while in different offices were like, "You still work here?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. So I don't know. I was kind of just burning that candle on both ends for way too long. And it caught up with me.
1: Yeah, and you kind of like, all right, so I'm 25. Yeah, and I'm about to lose health insurance
0: oh, <laughs> in shoot. July 17th. That's my right. birthday.
1: So the See, your 26th birthday is probably your worst birthday. Yeah,
0: because you sorry. lose your
1: health insurance. No, but I'm like, one, I'm thinking about my health way more. I'm like, damn, I gotta start that cavity. I need to fill. Like, right. I need to get all this shit done. Totally. And like, so, but also, I'm like, damn, like. I got to work harder. It's funny. Che earlier on the podcast, last podcast, um, he was talking about. I was like, Are you happy? Someone asked me that the other day and it yeah. freaked me the fuck out.
0: What was your answer?
1: I had to think about it. Are you happy?
0: I am. I am. And right. I, I think I breathed in and I kind of was dramatic <laughs> for uh, mostly because you kind of forewarned me. You're like, I freaked the fuck out. And I'm just like, Isn't Should that I a be weird question out? to be asked? Yeah, it is. I guess I feel like I've been asked that because I do therapy weekly. I'm like, I feel like maybe I think about that more Mm. than I think about it a lot. Like my happiness level, I'm like really on top of it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm always happy, but like I'm at least I'm aware. I have some really like kind of down or weeks, but I'm, I'm currently like on the upswing. I'm feeling really good this week. So I think maybe the optimism of the new year. Yeah. um, But I want to hear like, so what was So I was saying,
1: yes, I was. uh, Yeah, I'm happy. It's a tough one because it is like, but the reason I say all that is, damn, I do want to answer that. I don't want to just brush past it. Yeah,
0: answer it.
1: Nah, I'm not really happy right now. It's weird. I have this thing where like, all right. So this is one of those ones that you, it's like underground rap. No one real, I got to interview my favorite rapper of all time. I want
0: to hear about that. Who yeah. has
1: literally only been interviewed like 12 times in Conway? his entire life. This dude, Westside Gun, Conway's brother. Okay. I interviewed Conway too. That's amazing. But Westside's only been interviewed like 10 times in his whole life. And when I started the podcast, that was like the one person I wanted to interview. Holy and now I moly. did it. Thank you, that's but I incredible. feel like a, like a po- i shouldn't say, i feel like a i it's bad but I feel like postpartum depression I feel like that's what I was talking about before about the like damn like what am I gonna do now like now I really have to like reassess where I'm at in life
0: but it's a good thing I mean use that as I would say use that as proof that when you really set your sights on what you want and go for it and envision it, it happens. So it's like sky's the limit. Although I feel that completely. I think that's why people have a fear of success and imposter syndrome because they worry once I get that thing, what's next? I, I'm I'm included in that as well. I have a big fear of success. So it's way worse than fear of failure because a fear of success, you um sometimes people don't even try or they get like overwhelmed or paralyzed with anxiety. But, um, interesting. So now you're like, well, where do you go from there? Postpartum. That's so true though. Like after a big event, like a wedding, you've like wedding blues or like the holiday hangover, New Year's Eve blues. All those things are real. Yeah. You build up, build up, you thing happens. It's like, well now what?
1: Yeah. It's like your serotonin dips and then you got to get back to normal, like normal life.
0: Totally. I mean, also, I love to zoom out and, like, think about, you know, sports teams or, like, big artists. Like, say they win the Academy Award or, like, the World Cup. Like, how do you top that? Like, don't you think they're also wondering, like, every other day, well, this is pointless. I did that big thing already. Like.
1: Yeah. See, I used to go, like, I used to go ham after a good set. Same. You know what I mean? You're like, I just fucking crushed. And then you just go, like, crazy. Yeah. Like, partying. But then you're like, damn, no, that's your job. Yeah, that's like, not, your job like that's not
0: sustainable. Like, yeah,
1: it's like if you don't see like a doctor like say like a surgeon save someone's life and then do fucking like line like, Coke, yeah, like, like <laughs> streaking through town, yeah. just like
0: fucking everything it's up. It's
1: like nah, they just have to go yeah. do their they normal life Yeah. Afterwards.
0: Oh man, but they're also probably boring. I mean smart people, but
1: Coke's been talked about so much on the last few episodes. Right. I've never done Coke before. Me neither. Really?
0: We're unicorns, yeah. Um, Should we do a line or that?
1: No? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you pull it Meanwhile, out for special occasions. I've been
0: waiting for this moment for 33 years. I didn't even like
1: caffeine for most of my life. Me neither. But now I'm addicted to Same. caffeine.
0: Caffeine's great.
1: <laughs> it really is. But no, I, that's so funny. Yeah. I feel like you have a couple of jokes about Coke. I do.
0: Maybe I'm a poser. I mean, I have this idea, too, that like I have give off like a very Coke vibe. Like I have a My brand's very... Coke. I mean I'm I'm usually like you, like hyper, you know, just good vibes and yeah. some people assume I'm just so damn gullible and naive that like I was even at a party on New Year's and this young couple comes out of the bathroom and she's like, Oh, we were just making out. And I'm like, get it girl. Woo, woo! My boyfriend's like, Janelle, they were doing coke. Like, how do you, (laughs) how do you not see their eyes are dilated? They're like, (laughs) like dancing, break dancing right now. I mean, it was like kind of a younger crew from like BU alumni that my boyfriend went to school with. And I was just like, Oh fuck. I am like a 33 year old, like, like almost like virgin like not uh, obviously not but I sometimes i feel like so nice <laughs> just why? like i feel so like a nerd i don't know how to put it a, i don't
1: know why obviously I'm, not a virgin.
0: Yeah, why did i phrase it that way i'm a huge slut you guys um,
1: obviously not a virgin
0: not a virgin i feel
1: like i have to say that i'm not a virgin not obviously <laughs> i
0: mean why do you have to say that like no, you're good looking cool dude oh thank you yeah also, oh, you're very tall. Chicks love tall dudes. That's a, that's a real thing.
1: Yeah, and this is the this is a real problem. Is people will think they don't hear me talk if I'm on stage. You don't think about the sound of my voice, like I have a silly voice, but like on stage, like. I talk about like hanging with rappers and smoking weed. Yeah. So they're like, damn, this is a bad boy. And then they meet me and I'm not, You're like a big I'm, the, I, I'm the opposite of that. You want
0: to come home and meet my mom, have lasagna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me about, I want to hear about the rap, um, history and all that fun stuff. Like what you've been up to lately. So did it's, you, did you rap? No,
1: no, no, no. There's, I have one song once that I did for my friends cause okay. they rapped but I never wanted to be, I just always loved rap. Like that was when I was a kid, all I did was listen to rap. Like, I don't know. Like I've always been this person. I want to ask you like, yeah. what type of kid yeah. were you? You know, like I'll, I'll go back to mine, but like what type of kid were you?
0: Uh, I definitely loved attention. I love to be the ham goofball. I'd like to be like the comedic relief. So I tried to like beatbox for a while. I, I remember I tried, I hung out with like all the different groups, like different cliques. I tried to like hang with the jocks, hang with like the artsy hipster kind of people, hang with like, I was a cheerleading captain. I just like had different groups of people that I just sort of like, a not a chameleon, but always like kind of a joyful like i don't mean to call chick. you
1: out but you're the cheerleading captain and you're doing i doubt you're also with the fucking you can't be that much like uh
0: i would hang a out with loser everybody you're no, the
1: cheerleading captain with
0: what do you mean with loser
1: no i mean you can't you can't like you're probably are you saying you were pop like i you just hung out with everyone i hung with everyone all yeah right, right, i
0: think right. making friends was like really easy for me um, because I just love people. I still love people. So I'm just, I'm like looking at the pictures behind you that my friends made me I'm like this collage. I was just reminding me of like just wild high school days of wild for me. Like I was a really good kid, like national honor society, but I would like have parties all the time. And like my mm. mom would be like, stay here. Like as long as you're drinking here, kids, like, you know, it had that nice duality of like pretty liberal upbringing. Um, but you know, able to kind of party while getting good grades, doing like track cheerleading and like, um, just loved having a lot of friends, all different groups is kind Mm. of what I mean. And so I just love to be around as like big extrovert and still kind of am, but I just like love to blend different people together. I'd be like, so-and-so is coming over. Oh. And so like, they'd be like, what? Like, I just feel like I was kind of early on with the like mixing and mingling of different crews, if Mm. that makes sense. No,
1: I, I, I'm that way now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like to be that way. And I think it was kind of neat that I, was kind of into that back then, because I feel like that's sort of like a more mature thought to be. But I liked that I did it then, and I I still try to be that way.
1: Yeah, cause like I don't know, I was the there's two types. the The reason I ask is there's like I didn't know if the reason I said loser before is I didn't know if you were saying you were bouncing around between groups because you didn't feel like comfortable with any of them but no you felt comfortable with everyone yeah yeah so that makes sense i was like
0: i was like more the merrier mentality yeah
1: see i'm an only child and that's my mentality throughout everything like i'm like i'm alone in this
0: world yeah
1: yeah. someone said this to me once and it ruined my life forever they're like you're an only child so like when your parents die you don't have anyone and I'm like oh, oh shit oh shit that's oh, true that's as hell sad. it's true as hell though like well,
0: but hey we choose our friends and they they become our family but like but
1: but see you 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 have to work towards having friends you don't just yeah. get friends.
0: No, no, true. But then the cool part about friends is you nurture them like family. You can't also just rely on family without any nurturing. I know I have nurturing.
1: super close, right. I know no, I I mean, friends can, that are like family. Like that's right, my brother, right. that's my sister. But it is like, that is that's sad, though, my though. mentality. No, no, that especially as a kid, I was like, just like alone. Like I would just be like chill and listen to, to comedy and rap music. That's like all I did.
0: That is a bummer. I have to say, I know what you mean. I have this like, silly throwaway tag on a joke where I'm like, I talk about being a middle child and I like mentioned like firstborns, babies and I'm like, oh, and only children. If you're out, like I'm really impressed. You should be at home doing a puzzle right now. <laughs> like I'm always like, go only, only, only. is like they're really, they they got to push themselves, I think to collect their own group community because it is so hard probably to not have siblings. Siblings are built in friends, but those relationships can obviously go sour, which we've all seen unless you also oh. put in some effort there. So it's not like, um, it's all easy peasy. But also think about this is fucked. But think about how you won't have to deal with like the loss of a sibling because like a lot of people do deal mm. with that and it fucks them up. I don't know. I was watching the Jonah Hill documentary with he. Him oh, and the therapist. Stutz one. Yeah, yeah, that one's
1: fire.
0: It's good, and like I, I thought it was interesting that they both connected over losing their brother, both Jonah and his therapist Stutz, and broke my heart because I'm like, that's not right. Like if you're in your twenties, thirties, even forties, I mean, hell, any age, it's I, my grandmother just lost her younger sister. she's like eighty something and she's got like eleven siblings, but she was so sad at that wake last week and I'm just like, it's gonna be so hard to lose a sibling. I don't know it's
1: it's crazy that death is something we <gasps> all deal with, but like no one it it does like it uh it separates you like you feel so alone with it. You ever wake up and have one of those days that you just wish there was someone there to talk to or a way to just figure something out that you can't in your life. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual like that. But there are things to help you out, like BetterHelp. BetterHelp has therapists that are trained to help you figure out your challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has helped 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, accessible anywhere, and 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. It's there, right for you, right there. So get unstuck with better help. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash up. That's betterhelp, E-H-E-L-P, dot com slash buckedup, B-U-C-K-E-D-U-P. Make sure to get the help that you need with BetterHelp. Let's get back into it.
0: Yeah, unless you have, I think, yeah, you're right. I don't think you can find a way to not be alone unless you have like a super good, kind of like disciplined to like go to support groups and all that. And like mm-hmm. feel like you're part of a community. I know there's like all types of communities like grieving and loss, but still, yeah, I, I, that's my biggest fear always. Like I'll be having a great day. That's what's funny is like you asked if I'm happy, like I am happy truly. Could I be happier? Of course. Could I be less happy? Also, of course, like it's also relative to like how you look at it. I do believe it's like very like it's a decision you make, like you could yeah. decide to be happy. And I also feel like in my happiest moments of like most peace and harmony, I immediately go to my anxiety drives me to go to like a Wednesday other shoe gun drop or mm. what if so and so things are going so well right now. What if what if, God forbid, knock on wood, like one of my immediate family members pass away, like my dad or my mom. like I would just kill me. For, yeah, I just hate, I hate always being one call away.
1: Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, I feel that. That Do like you? existential yeah. dread. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll answer the happiness question. <laughs> I'll it. finally get back to my answer. Yes, I'm happy with all that I've accomplished. But no, I'm not happy with like how I'm dealing with, let's say my mental health. Mm. Like... Like, cool, I focus on all that other shit, but if my life's in turmoil, then why the fuck, like, you kind of have to find the center balance mm. of, like...
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you think you could be improving on if you're open to talking about it?
1: Be it, like, not falling for, like, like, being more mindful. Mm. Like, being more mindful, not wasting so much time. Like, <laughs> not wasting time to wallow.
0: mm Amen, brother. Amen. I. Mean, you know what I mean. We can be like, we can be siblings now for the rest
1: of the podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yes,
0: that's that's another one of my big fears. Is that am I wasting time? And then time's just ticking and ticking and tick. It's the only thing that's you know never gonna stop. And but it's just a number. Time's just a number, and we have to not let it weigh so heavily. And one thing a day. If you have a forward movement, like. I'm trying to break things up into smaller places so I can celebrate those small victories. and, um, But yeah, mindfulness is huge. I just started like meditating most days before we start the day. you use Headspace? I use Calm, the Calm app. Okay, I use Headspace. Okay, right on. So, I mean, that's an easy kind of step. I do it when I'm still laying in this bed right here. I'll just like, listen. I mean, I don't sleep through it, but I definitely like, it's a nice way to ease into the day. And that at least helps me. And... Um, I guess in those moments of existential existential dread, like we're totally not present, are we, or mindful? Because if we were, we wouldn't be worried about something happening 10, 20, 3, who knows how many years away.
1: Yeah. It's funny that you said, like, asked me about the uh, rap shit, the mm. origin of the rap shit. I want to hear all of it. That, like, it pertains into the conversation we're having, which is weird. Okay. Um, I started this podcast at the beginning of quarantine. Because I had went through a bad breakup and I wasn't taking care of myself, so I started the podcast to hold myself accountable. That's really I smart. only had other comedians on the podcast in the beginning, and I literally would just ask them about how they're taking care of myso- themselves. That's so. So smart. I could kind of learn how to do it. That's what Bucked Up was. That's I have the same bio on Instagram, a self-help podcast from someone who doesn't know what the buck they're doing. That's what it's I love that. I start interviewing rappers who I want to interview and like big comedians and people I want to talk to. I fucking, yeah. the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre That's I had badass. on last month. Holy like, shit. Just whoever I want to talk to and it becomes the thing that I actually love to do. So cool. But then I lose- Such a dream. I lose that beginning of holding myself accountable in health, which is the whole thing that the podcast started over. So that's where I'm like, damn, like I'm doing all this cool shit, but the whole reason of this shit is to hold myself accountable. And that's the last thing I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just love how you were so like, I'm doing all this
0: cool shit. And and then you're like, what's the last thing I'm doing? All right, I'm doing all
1: this cool shit, but I'm 40 pounds heavier than I was.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, first step is like awareness, right? And you're- But that's what I
1: mean. I'm not holding myself accountable.
0: But you're kind of come back to like the foundational building blocks of the why. And that's so true because I guess if I could relate to that, it would be- um, when I beat myself up over like a bad set or not being where I want to be maybe in my career with standup and my sister, who's my best friend will remind me like, Janelle, why'd you go into this? Stop bragging. Oh I'm
1: sorry. No, no, I'm, like, just you I'm just kidding. i just my face. I was like, oh shit. Oh my god.
0: Oh, you're good. You're like I'm so like, oh no, I screwed up. i just kidding. That was funny. I'm you sorry. got me. No, no, no. You're like I'm like, what am I bragging about? Yeah, no, but she's cool. Okay, yeah. You can borrow her anytime you want. She's a midwife. She's dope. But um, I never say dope. I feel like I'm turning into a rapper hanging out with you. Dope as hell. She's dope as hell. Um, oh, I guess the whole point being though, that I was getting in my head, not taking care of myself self around up, basically just beat myself up any chance I could. And this, that or whatever, and holding myself back in different ways. And she said, Janelle, why did, why'd you decide to do this in the first place? When I started it way back in the day, I was living in LA, like, started it just for fun in 2012, just had some downtime. And I had a really stressful day job um, as like an assistant in Hollywood, to like a big wig. And she said, you did it for fun and to de-stress from your day. She's like, go back to why you started it. It's just fun again. And I'm like, you're right. It was just fun. And it was why I did well in the beginning, because it was just fun. And t- I don't know if that's similar, if you if it, like is a similar path to what you're saying about like, you started it that's exactly what I'm saying. Is like you started it with a real sincere um, purpose and meaning and direction, and it started taking off because you had that authentic reason. And then you lost touch with the original reason why you started to do it. Yeah, but that's just natural. That's like human nature. I feel, and you're not you're not alone in that because I. I think we have to always remind ourselves that even with relationships, right? You're with someone great taken for granted with someone not so great. You think, oh, it's fine. Just keep going. And like, you got to go back to like, how was I when I first met this person? How was I when I first, I don't know, became friends? It doesn't, not even romantic relationships. I even think like friendships or like family relationships. Like I try to look back as much as I can. I read old diary entries and journal entries just to be like, am I holding myself to a level of growth and like compassion? I hope so, not always. Yeah. And like, um, you're not alone in that. I think it's really hard to like be healthy, lose weight, but I feel like first step is like talking about it and now you are you're talking about it, which is like that's huge.
1: Yeah. That is crazy. You just blew my mind with that.
0: Oh, I did? Okay. Cheers.
1: No, oh, I so I liked glad. your I like the parallel because it's true. You like you do something
0: And that's why I took off. That's why it then did then so you well. Like, Cause the, it was it's so like pure. just
1: draining. It's like draining the water from the washcloth. It's yeah. like, you're just trying to get whatever you can out of it, but you also need it, time for it to like
0: fill back up. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Like fill I remember
1: Judd Apatow talking in some interview about making movies. And he's like, he only makes movies when the, like the trash can is full, like the trash oh. can in his brain is full. And then he like empties the trash can with his creation. And then he like waits for it to fill back up.
0: Whoa.
1: And that's why I think the focusing on real life shit is important because it makes you hold yourself accountable that you're not just putting all into one thing and not burning yourself out.
0: For sure. Balance. And I have a mentor in L.A. who I love for stand up. And he said to me the other day, um, he said, anyone who's like pretty successful not not anyone like most people who are pretty successful in this industry like in showbiz like we're talking treat their body like an instrument kind of like a finely like tuned instrument so it is important to have like the mind soul body connection when we do this type of work cuz like you're traveling you're like lugging gear you're putting yourself out there on stage but you know behind the camera in front of the camera and it's important to kind of, like, have your ship, like, your boat's, like, all tidy and taken care of. So, like, when you get that call, like, you can just speed on over there. Like, you got... You know, the deck's clean, all the ports are in place, like no, yeah. no holes, no water coming in. Like you're responsible for your shit when you're running your own business. And that's how like, we need to treat our body, mind, soul. And I'm not always that way. I I need to listen to this and hear it back. No, of course. Whenever we say stuff, we're saying it to ourselves right. too, but like, I don't want you think I've like figured it out. Cause I'm like no, skinny I, fat. I'm I like, I never hear. work out. <laughs> I just have good metabolism and it's like actually good and bad.
1: <laughs> that's no, but I, I totally it's like, um, when you start, yeah, yeah. I, I lost my train of thought. I was going to act like I, I was going to act like I didn't, but I did. Oh, <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, let's be, I forgot what we were let's talking be about. Well, I just also- I'm already still, it's so funny. <laughs> I just want to say, it's so funny. Usually I walk into these places that aren't a very nice home. And I get offered hard drugs. <laughs> I get offered paraphernalia. I get offered oh. illegal things. And I got offered Cheez-Its today. Cheez-its? It was very and nice. Wild yeah, and wild beast Yeah, all right, out. so uh, the alcohol's okay, but I...
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, you want a plate of lasagna I mean I'm at my Uh, mom's house I've been
1: handed guns before oh
0: shit (laughs) I'm over here like you don't want to come (laughs) to my parents house you're like no (laughs) Janelle please take me to the suburbs (laughs) of Westford adopt me he just Sam just like moves in I'm like I gotta go back to LA you're like I'm gonna be living here
1: (laughs) so you did it just for fun you didn't have like grandiose dreams of what you're doing I was
0: I mean you're I can't believe you're only 25 you're so wise and like mature and talented for your age I mean I was like 22 when I started I was like dicking around like I was doing it that much I wasn't taking it seriously it was truly something to un- make help me unwind after a stressful work day meet friends I was in LA living alone and I didn't have a big network because all my family and friends were here and I was looking for a community and I my dad suggested it I had like all this downtime in my hands he goes why don't you uh, take a class and stand up comedy I'm like you're nuts I wouldn't do good in that he's like I think you could and he was a like, huge. why did he say that? I think I've been making him laugh my whole life. And I think he also enjoyed kind of like living vicariously through me by telling me jokes. He's a really funny guy and I'm pretty damn goofy with him and with my whole family and like pretty dark, twisted, perverse, like with jokes in our family. And like, he was really a huge fan of Chelsea Lately at the time she was blowing up with her E show, Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Lately was a big show back then in 2012. And so he was like, yeah, you could be like the next Chelsea Handler. And then I, I did one class and I was like, damn, I'm hooked. You're right. I do love this. It was pretty unexpected. But I um, also had another point, like Jonah Hill with the weight stuff. I'm thinking again, like Jonah Hill had all that like body image shame stuff. He talked about in his documentary, which I thought was like so brave and vulnerable. And even goes to show you that like he was at such an unhealthy place physically, mentally, emotionally, that when he was at the height of his career, he was disassociating completely in the most unhappy so, like, that's a good reminder too when you zoom out and you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Blah, blah. It's like, someone like him, all the opportunities in the world be fucking acting alongside with Leonardo DiCaprio and be miserable.
1: Do you not like talking about yourself? Maybe not. I'm going to let you go, but now nah, I'm going to call you out on it. Go ahead, call
0: me out. I guess, yeah, I don't know Do why I'm not- being so coy. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Sometimes I don't like to hear myself talk about myself. I like to always feel That's like- your
1: stand-up thing.
0: I don't like to hear myself...
1: No, like you talk about yourself on stage. So oh, why yeah. would you do it? In, like, I'm super
0: autobiographical on stage. I'm Real not... Real life. Yeah. I don't mind talking about myself. We can. I just... I don't want to lose my train of thought. I wanted to remind you about the Jonah Hill thing or call it out to anyone who might be wanting to watch that movie because I do recommend Stuts. it. Stuts. Yeah, it's really Stuts. good. Stuts. Yeah. Well, because it was like crazy for me to hear how unhappy he was too with the level of fame he had and success and so i think that's a nice reminder for us
1: but that's what i was talking about the yeah. taking care of your like you have to have your life in order if you want your to be right. to enjoy
0: to your, enjoy the way you've worked for also like, like all right i'll tell this story yeah. so i'm
1: on state you know what red rocks is in colorado mm. Yeah, it's a great venue. I'm on stage at Red Rock's sold out event on three grams of mushrooms, mad about I ate two desserts. You know what I mean? Like what like that's, that's an incredible the incredible show of, like that's the crazy show where it's like damn if i was just happy about like if we're going back to that thing like if i was happy about like life shit then i would have been enjoying that moment more but because my mind was on other shit i can't enjoy the moment that i'm oh
0: because you were thinking about And that's the
1: jonah hill thing yeah
0: yeah you were taken out of you weren't mindful like back to what we all talked yeah. about
1: so what were you what what did you think you were going to be doing before you did stand up like the day the day before you did stand up the first time who did you think you were
0: oh I remember calling up so that mentor I told you about in LA Jerry Katz Katz Jerry Katzman um I called him up and I was like I'm not gonna make it to the class showcase he's like why I'm like oh I'm just too busy I'm at work I was working for I was a junior music publicist um working with cool clients like Duran Duran and um Mattis Yahoo and Lance Morset, Lenny Kravitz, some pretty cool bands. And Gautier. Remember Gautier?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was just listening to that <laughs> song literally like two days ago.
0: Yeah, I like actually really enjoyed fun. Right? It's so good. I really enjoyed And I feel
1: bad because he definitely has other music, but
0: Oh, it's okay. He he owns that. Um One Hit Wonder Vibes. But no, I just really enjoy like writing press releases and going to concerts and linking up bands with um New York Times LA Times things um I thought I was going to be a music publicist or a music supervisor or um yeah um and I remember I was in this stressful job that was we were working at a Courtney Cox and David Arquette's office in LA because my boss was friends with them and I used to get like in trouble all the time uh, <laughs> because I was such a little like noob to the industry. I just remember like walking to my office and it was like the office that David Arquette used to use. And it was like, he's kind of a hoarder. And so he had like these nipple pasties from like Playboy 1960 framed on the wall. And he had this like huge dominatrix chick like on her hands and knees and like a glass up. plaque over her. it was like a table but it was and it like freaked me out every day I walked in it was just gloomy edgy dark and it was just like a lonely job I'd, I'd clock in at 8 a.m. I wouldn't leave till 8 p.m. It was such an intense job and I remember I said like um, I wanted to take this out of my office because it felt demeaning to me and I got in trouble for like moving things around and I just didn't feel comfortable there but I thought like oh I can't leave this job to even go do the showcase I was just so stressed out and uh, pretty unhappy and then I did the showcase, and everything clicked. I'm like, oh, this, is what I, this is what I should be doing. And then pretty shortly after, I left that job to get an easier, less stressful job, so I could spend more time doing stand up. And I actually went and worked at NBC Universal. Um, it was it was like a cool job, just same level of intensity, but it was more laid back intensity and like description and kind of like vibe of what it was but like the boss and the department was way more chill and it was at on was the no lot.
1: dominatrix.
0: Yeah no it, it's funny that looking back like I would have laughed at that. I don't know why back then I was just like oh you know it's just so dismissive. I walk in and see these like so objectifying I don't know why it was so like, what, like I, what's the word looking for like righteous or something like I was kind of funky about it like but went on to work in music at NBC and I loved that job. That job was so fucking cool bands would come in managers would come in they'd whine and dine us try to get placements in our tv shows anywhere on like cable divisions uh, nbc proper and literally i'd spend half my day just like bands would come in doing like acoustic sets like um the cool fits and tantrum came in 21 pilots that was
1: pilots. One of the best concerts i ever saw fits and, and the tantrum that's amazing yeah. where was it house of blues in boston i oh, love house of
0: blues foundation room oh yeah anyway so i thought i'd be doing something in music Definitely music and um, music or PR or like marketing. And then, yeah, I'm I just love music. It was just cool. Yeah.
1: What was your dream when you were a kid? what did you think you were going
0: to be? Doing? I wanted to be an actor for sure. And then I realized how vapid and, cruel that industry was and i still have like how did you realize
1: that as a kid i love the kid (laughs) he's like these actors are so empty inside i cannot
0: (laughs) you know what it was i had parents that were pretty hip and they they didn't fall for too many tricks so like we did like one of those stupid like star search things at like a hotel lobby and like maybe burlington mass or something my brother and i went we were so young and they were like oh the first day they're like, oh, we love the little boy. We don't really like the girl. And the next day we come back, oh, we love the girl. We don't love the little So it was really strange to like try to play us against one another. And then they're at the end, they're like, We actually want both of them. But you gonna drop like five grand to bring them to New York for like this pilot audition thing. It was too many steps, and my parents are like, This is a scam. And I was like, Yeah, maybe you're right. Although actually I didn't have a mature reaction. I was actually so bummed. Looking back, my brother and I still joke, like, We could have been on like a Nickelodeon pilot. It would have been Huge buy now. You you were so fucking cheap. Fucking like send a dry- Dan
1: Schneider fit pick, <laughs> right? feet pics.
0: So was that that the dude's name? I don't know. The I'm- dude who
1: created iCarly didn't he get oh, in trouble shoot. for asking for fucking feet pics for all the little girls on that Ew, show. Ew, gross. I was just reading an article.
0: Meanwhile, time. I try to like sell feet to someone. they were like, "Oh no, thanks." No, I'm just kidding. No, I have nice feet. I have elegant feet. <laughs> I do. I feel like <laughs> I want everyone to see. Um, they all the toes all go in a row like that. I'm surprised <laughs> that you don't get enough money. Like, I was like asking a friend who's a comedian who's like obsessed with feet. You know. We all know. (laughs) We all know. (laughs) And I was like, what could I get for these? And he was like, the number was not high enough. Or like, I was with a bunch of friends. We were on like a bachelorette. I took a photo of all of our feet, sent it to him. And the number was underwhelming. And I'm like, no, not worth it
1: you're like that's disrespectful
0: yeah i was like these things are beautiful elegant feet i mean <laughs> i don't really i'm not that cocky about them it's funny how i'm like i don't talk about my career but i like, want well, my feet <laughs> yeah, Anything to,
1: you took to your deflect. socks off before the podcast <laughs> All right. i have full Calm on down, i have Sam. my full tims on right now they're not tims they're Alright, i'm
0: putting socks I, on now you're the, one so, you're, the one, back up. you're the one who
1: you're the one who fucking
0: I told you you could take your shoes off, but you didn't wanna. <laughs> I never let them out like this. I've never this, had but-
1: a, I've never had a guest show their feet off on the podcast okay, before. Okay, well, first, had-
0: time for- <laughs> first time for everything. <laughs> Oh, I hope this isn't the thing that you clip out. I'd be so sad. Trust
1: me, I don't want... He's like, no, I don't want it. I want to keep those away. I'll cut that part out. uh, No, I'm just kidding.
0: All right, socks back on.
1: Uh,
0: Oh, you know what else I can do with my feet while we're talking about it? I um, double-jointed, so I'm surprised that, like, these (laughs) don't... And I can pinch, too. I can peel a banana and... Yeah, you literally wouldn't answer any of
1: the questions about starting comedy. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I could actually pinch you pretty hard, but I'll save it. I don't it.
1: think I want
0: <laughs> okay, I won't a do
1: bruise it. from you fucking foot pinching. I'll answer stand up
0: questions. I don't what do you want to hear? I, no,
1: no one really I like <laughs> the, I like that you just did it for fun and now it's yeah. like uh, like that's oh, how that's- to hear you talk about it now.
0: Sorry, yeah, that's a good point, Sam. This is a
1: serious podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do we come back from the foot debacle uh, foot, foot, foot transition you want to look at my hands hands are pretty nice um, no I think it's funny because a lot of people that do stand up are like huge like nerds comedy nerds going into it like studied it watched SNL growing up not me at all that was I like fell into it if anything I wanted to be an actor more but I thought way harder I like with stand-up you could have more control and power over I'm gonna perform when I say I'm gonna perform I can like package my brand I can like repeat these things like it's you work on it not like improv you throw it away or acting it's like I don't want to read someone else's lines like when I learned I could read my own shit I was like oh there's nothing better than this you know I want to have a level of control over it and so but I was so un informed about all of the people the major players I wasn't someone who studied it or watched it or like snuck into clubs as a kid so I I was like an interesting person to start stand-up because it fit my personality but it wasn't something that I ever really went to and enjoyed I maybe went to one show or two shows a handful of shows on like two or three shows before I ever did stand up. I wasn't someone who was like, I want to do it, but I'm nervous and watched it for years and sat in the back of room for mics. Like I was like, I'll fucking do it. And I did it and just ran with it and learned as I Do you did remember it. your first joke? Um, Oh God, I don't remember the first joke, but, um, no, I mean, I do remember a lot of the first jokes from my first set, but I can't think of the first joke I wrote yeah
1: but you felt it right when you got off the first set
0: oh yeah it was best feeling of my life i remember again the thing i told you about when i was at cabot in beverly in october it like crystallized in my mind like i was looking out into the audience and i'll feel that still in me where i was just like oh this is what i meant to be doing it just clicked it was the flow state it's, very it's like chased That
1: Dragon from the first time.
0: Yeah. And it was such a fucking fire show because that mentor I told you about, Jerry, who does the classes, like really warmed up the audience. Like this is their first time. Like it was a very supportive, generous audience. And we had worked on these jokes, crafting them for 10 weeks straight. And every class we had every week was like four hours long. And we broke out into groups outside of the classes separately. In addition, we spent about eight hours a week, just developing our material every week for 10 weeks. And so when we got to time to do that showcase, just five minutes sets, we all had fire sets. And I had never known what it's like to get laughs. And I had been doing mics, just thinking, this is just how it is. So we got up there and got laughs. I was like, I still watched my first set every once in a while to see how excited I was. Oh my God, you guys are laughing. No, seriously, I'm not used to it. That got a huge laugh. I'm like, no, really stop. You're distracting me. Like I literally had to be like, stop laughing. I'm actually not knowing what goes next. Like I was so thrown by the huge um reception that you do chase that high yeah you chase it and like that was probably the best show of my life no I mean it was just like oh because I because I like I said I almost didn't go I remember I was working that day and I actually called up Jerry and said I'm not gonna come he's like what do you mean I'm like and I had not shown up for other stuff I had done UCB all right did you, you not show showcase. up because
1: you were busy or did you not show up because you're scared of success Both. like you were saying scared
0: not at that point i don't even think i was thinking of success i was i think scary fear of success is something i feel recently as i do start to get accolades in my career but the at the time i was just scared shitless to get on stage
1: yeah how long ago was that
0: 10 years ago that was 2012 wow yeah
1: what kept you going
0: chasing that high like you said chasing that high and that and not even the high of the laughter but the high of me knowing this is what i'm meant to do having that click when i was on stage that vision it's it was crystal crystal clear and it was um also crystal (laughs) math
1: no it's like i was chasing two highs yeah she was chasing two (laughs) highs
0: never done coke but love the crack um (laughs) No, it was just like a, it was something that I was like, I'm going to dedicate my life to this, but I really sort of half-assed it in LA. It wasn't until I moved to New York in 2014 that I really chased it. So even though the intention was there in LA it really wasn't the hustle that I should have been doing or that I guess was capable of doing because I did have that job at NBC still. Then I moved to LA and I was like, oh, this is, I was super cocky when I first started and I came to LA, I'm like, I am not want to do a mic. I've been doing this for two years. I, I don't need, I remember the cockiness. It is ugh, cringeworthy now. The things I said and things, the more you do it, the more you realize how amazingly brilliant people are, are in it. But I just had this like fresh confidence. It's like, ignorance is bliss and i wish i could go channel some of that now you know you lose that the more you do it i think it chips way you get more and more humble and you learn how like what gandhi says right what is it that um the wiser you get the more you know um all that you don't know was it gandhi i'm just making that shit up i don't know if it's gandhi but it's like someone smart
1: <laughs> i do not know
0: <laughs> fact check that hey ma ma the meatloaf look that up Hum's downstairs i gotta know i have no idea um but yeah I quickly was like oh I need to do mics or oh I you, need to. yeah I, I thought I was like too good for mics in certain shows no, turns- when you
1: get to the top of one level you realize you're at the bottom of another oh when yeah. you get to the top of level one you realize you're at the bottom of level two and there's I wasn't, even at the,
0: Sam, I wasn't even at the top of any level. I just felt like, Oh, I, I've done shows. I, I know my way around LA. I get shows here. Yeah, I in your left.
1: Yes. But you know what I mean? Like,
0: no, that's a smart thing. I guess I'm just saying every
1: time you go into the room, like the I, cave, it gets wider yes, and wider. Yeah. Like,
0: I just had a lot of unearned confidence back then, but I think you need that to get started and yeah. you still need it. Right. Not, not unearned, but you, you, you need a level of confidence to keep going, but just the culture shock, of going from LA to New York and stand up was like no other, and it was really defining for my career to like start like, like putting my ego aside like right away. I was like, oh, I need to check this at the door. I need to leave this ego in LA and like really start. I start from scratch in New York. Yeah, um, and then coming here was funny too because. I'm from this area, but I never had really done that much stand up here. And people were like, who the hell are you? And why are you trying to get in And I was just like, oh no, look, I'm funny. Why? Like, oh, where have you come from? Like, why did you leave New York to come? Everyone's like, wait, you started in LA, then New York, now you're back here. Like I did the opposite of what most people did. Yeah. But it's only because I just moved out to LA for work and kind of like worked backward. And then the pandemic brought me here for a little bit.
1: But- well, that's what I'm scared of is because I love the art form so much that I want to be good enough for the, things i get you know like i care about nick so much that i want to be good enough that i'm doing nicks you, you know already like, are
0: though like you i think also that we put too much importance on certain venues or names or shows of it's course like, but
1: i just mean any headlining show like yeah of course nicks is an accolade whatever but i just mean like the idea of it of like Oh no! This is like when you were a kid, yeah. When you were sixteen, like when I was sixteen, Lamont Price brought me to Knicks for the first time. Oh my god! Will Noonan was there. That's amazing. uh, Sam J. Like these are all these. I met. I I know all these people from when I was sixteen years old. Not even doing stand up, just being a fan. To now, it's like, damn. All right, nine years later. Like, I want to make it proud, you know? You like, are,
0: though. I mean, you are.
1: Yeah. D- all think- right.
0: Do you get hate online? Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I get hella hate, and it does affect me. Like-
0: I You can't let it affect you. I had a friend um, that posted something really poignant the other day, and it was, like, basically... Saying how the more, you know, when you get hate like that, they're actually just, like, sad people. And, like, they're just looking for, to attack someone that has a dream. And um, his name is Tamar. Tamar Katan is, like, a hilarious comic. And he actually shared some, he shared, like, some hate. He got some hate messages. And just, he. it was really... It, cathartic for me because he's like, for my fellow comedians or creators or a lot of people in pain out there during the holidays, they'll look at our posts, videos and art as an opportunity to take swings at us, try to treat us like they're punching bags. And, you know, humans are weird. If you dare to have dreams or goals, people who don't will hate you. Ignore them, delete them, move past them. I think that's beautiful. He said he typed up some more. I'd say follow him if, if you want. Cause I got a message recently. I just have to laugh. I show my boyfriend. I'm like, this is absurd. This guy wrote to me, you are the worst thing to happen to woman since woman. And (laughs) it's just, I know it's almost comical. It's always, he's like, you're terrible. Whoever thought you told you you you're funny. Just like destroying me. You were the single worst human I've ever seen. Like, I'm like, holy shit, dude, what did I ever do to you? Like, and I post a lot of, you know, reels of, I, uh, you know, I have, I have, I have a real of one of my first jokes from that first set we're talking about, maybe one of the first jokes I wrote, I don't remember that like um, on Facebook, I think it's up to like a million or 2 million views. And it's like 300 comments of people telling me like how horrible I am. And, but I'm laughing all the way to the bank, you know, meta will pay me. Yeah. Facebook will pay me for that algorithm bump. And that's the joke I did at the Wilbur. That's a really funny joke about, um, just a funny anecdote about, you know, whatever seeing seeing my dad's penis as a little girl like like a wholesome funny thing i said to my mom of like why does daddy have a tail kind of situation oh, yeah, yeah. and always does well it shows and people just hate on it got tons of hate on tiktok a tons of hate on facebook hates on instagram people just ripping me apart saying yeah. i have saying that they're not my therapist saying i have incest issues all this weird shit that's not real about a fucking joke um, it sucks. I don't know who does this, why they take time on their day to shit on... Gr- a lot of guys do these fucking emojis, coffee, emojis saying woman, woman comedians. I don't know if... You- it's a thing. It's a trending thing. I'm sure you yeah. heard of it. It's really sickening. Um, everyone gets hate, but when we get these like weird incel men that are like doing emojis, like woman, woman yeah. talk. It's like, fuck you, man. If you don't want to be on our page, go- who... I've never commented something negative to somebody. I don't know, like, or anyone I do know. I just try to spread positivity. That's like back to Jonah Hill documentary. He said, social media is like smoking cigarettes. Like he's on Instagram. He's not on Instagram. That inspired me. I hate that we have to be on social media. People say it's so lucky nowadays. Look at, I mean, yeah, your career is booming and all this because of the podcast but like aren't you a little envious of people that like made it back in the like the johnny carson oh, days 100%. all they had to do was fucking write jokes hustle and show up and perform them now you gotta have to have a podcast gotta have a web series gotta have a script gotta have ten thousand followers plus a million on tiktok but it's fucking insane yeah and it's like toxic yeah of course it affects us we kind of try to not let it affect us how can it not people will be celebrated by an entire theater of people getting a standing ovation, but they'll just remember that one fucking hater on Instagram. It's not, doesn't it make sense. It's no, not it fair. it doesn't make sense. But yeah. it's the human condition.
1: Yeah. It's fucked. It's that waiting for the other shoe to drop.
0: But you know what? You can delete them. I, I started deleting them and then I've been working with this great guy on social media, Bobby Ulrich, and he was like, no, Janelle, like every comment is a dollar sign. Like just laugh it off. So it's a good... It's a good muscle building activity to try not to give a fuck. It's so hard. Yeah. But you got to channel that on stage too. Cause the less fucks you give, the funnier you are. It's direct correlation.
1: And it is the like, yeah, you can't be a, fr- like that's what comes with people seeing you.
0: I mean, a- Amy Schumer. So my boyfriend's so sweet. Shout out to my boyfriend, Drew Lucas. He like, saw I was really upset one day and took like screenshots of everyone just shitting on Amy Schumer. That was like one of her jokes that she, I think maybe was cut for, what did she host? Not the not the Oscars was like Golden Globes. I don't even remember it was some award ceremony, and she had like some blue jokes that she like. They wouldn't let her do on air, but she brought them onto Instagram, and like people were ripping her apart. And you know she has twelve million followers, and she is so rich and seems so happy with her husband and her son. I really admire her as an artist and as a woman, and I. I don't I, I just see it everywhere so it's like if the people you admire have haters that means you're going places you can't yeah. please everyone we're not working in ice cream here you know yeah and um, people comment to me a lot which is another Amy Schumer type just and I'm like thank you thank you that's a huge compliment they say it like it's a bad thing
1: yeah It's someone successful
0: someone successful who's really making an impact who's tackling really to- hard topics yeah winning awards for like an incredible show that ran what seven seasons it's back rebooted it's like thank you i would. how many movies has she made like she's incredible she's blazed a path for female comedians i don't anyone that can't agree with that like i don't know what to say to them
1: yeah and it's just because they're not on their path yeah that makes sense and it's true like all right before i even did anything i could see myself like be like that sucks to whatever but mm-hmm. now that I'm doing something, I'm like, why would I take time out of my day to say something sucks?
0: You're busy. Yeah, You're busy. I'm bu- or
1: like, I'm. Why would I shit on someone else on their path when I'm on my path? Like, right. we're not gonna, we're not gonna interact. We're not gonna collide. And also, I don't give attention to
0: things I don't like. The attention goes where the energy flows. So yeah, if you, if you are focused on saying negativity to someone that may or may not deserve it. What's that do? You don't feel better about that. You're like, ah, oh, I did that. Yeah. What What do you get out of that? Like, it's so sad. It's, that's why I loved my friend Hammer's post. Cause it shows like, I actually forget. Like these are just sad people, like hurt people, hurt people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see people on the street and you're like, oh, that's a crazy person. But then mm-hmm. you don't realize that's the person who's probably saying the shit.
0: Oh, oh, see, I don't think, I think people on the street, I always think like homeless people. I
1: no, I don't mean like oh, that. Oh, I just I'm mean like, like all right, you see someone in a restaurant
0: and yeah. they're
1: ma- they're being a dickhead to the waitress. Mm. And that's the person who's also writing crazy shit. But when you see yeah. them and you're like, that's a asshole right there.
0: Oh, interesting. I actually never think about like, who are these people out in real life? I kind of always picture them as like trolls and cells, like living in, a dark basement of like their moms. I mean, I say that as I'm at my mom's house, but like,
1: (laughs) you're not in the basement. though. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the second floor. Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: heading back to LA on Monday, but no, it is nothing against, I would love, I lived with my mom here like for a long, like for a year or two, like when the pandemic started, I loved it. I love living here. I just, um, yeah, they're not happy. People that aren't going places that are just like truly stagnant are going to, I guess, shit on you. Um, but fuck it. Fuck the haters. Oh, there's this great song. I mean, that's why I like to listen to rap. They talk about haters, right? Like I listen to Megan stallion, that song her, she's like all that hates give me a pretty ways. I like, eat that hate. Like I love that shit. Like yeah. I listen to like, you know, Nicki Minaj or like, um, Doja cat or whatever. Anytime I need like a dose of like, um,
1: confidence. confidence.
0: Yeah. Like, especially what's her face. Um, who did like wet ass pussy Cardi B Cardi B like, they don't give a fuck or they pretend they don't give a fuck and it works.
1: But that's the same thing that they like about comedians. It's because when yeah. we're on stage, it's like yeah. we don't give a fuck. We're I think they're way cooler. If
0: I had like more musical ability, I would not do stand up.
1: I just like you'd be a rapper.
0: Yeah, for sure. Was <laughs> that guitar behind you that I barely touch. I would just be like in a band. Yeah,
1: it is funny, though, because it is true. But they do see comedians that way. Cause I'll be around real gangsters Cool And they'll introduce me as like Sam says crazy shit Oh uh- I you know what that. I mean? Because, like, they think we're the ones saying, like...
0: Yeah, well, because we're up there fully alone. I mean, I guess they are, too, but they have, like...
1: The grass is always greener.
0: Yeah, no. It's definitely the purest, rawest art form that's the trickiest. There's no backup track. There's no... And b-
1: anyone thinks they can do it because it's just talking.
0: God, I'm so slay. I was so like, everyone's saying, I could do it. I could do it. I want to do this. And like, great. Fucking do it. Yeah. Fucking do it. I'm not I, stopping so you. my
1: friend, Mifux, He's he was the CTO of Capital One Bank. Was- wow. The fourth and he was the fourth in charge of the fourth biggest I'm bank big, in the world. I'm
0: a big fan of Capital One, so tell him what up. Tell him I have good feet. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Capital One. I'm a big, big fan for has been for a while.
1: But we'll end on this. He was saying that it's not about the ideas that you have; it's how you implement them. Anyone can have good ideas, mm. but how many people can follow through?
0: Yeah, who executes versus uh, obsesses over, ruminates.
1: And on that, can you plug your shit? Because my computer's about to die, and yes. I need to plug it in <laughs> so we don't lose this.
0: For sure. No, this has been a blast. Uh, uh, follow me on Instagram, at JanelleJokes, and TikTok and Twitter, all the same handle, at JanelleJokes, J-A-N-E-L-L-E jokes um what do i have coming up going back to la on monday I got some shows out there i'm going to be in portsmouth new hampshire this weekend for some shows hit me up on instagram oh, I to to hampshire this oh right on. we should meet up and i think that's it i'll be at sketch fest end of the month if anyone's in san francisco listening san francisco sketch fest and then uh first weekend of um february i'll be in atlanta for um the west end comedy festival and um any people in Alaska listening, I'll be there in April. That's probably all I can think of for now. So. That's dope
1: as hell. Thanks, uh, man. See me headlining Detroit House of Comedy January 19th. Headlining next Comedy Stop April 28th and 29th. Oh, and I'll announce it here. I'm doing a special 420 show in Philly Ooh. on 420 at Crate Diggers, which is the best record store in the whole world. Hell yeah. Pop on out for 420. Thank you so much for Ooh, doing this. This is fun. This Thanks for having me. Fun, I love this. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, well, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, hey.